I'd like to thank Aaron K for sponsoring this week's Torah content. June is less than a month away, which means that I'll soon be transitioning into summer writing mode with more Substack articles and fewer recorded shirim. The bulk of these articles will remain free. However, if you would like to support my Torah and access additional spicy written content, consider becoming a paid subscriber by going to rabbishneweis.substack.com. Hello, I'm Rabbi Matt Schneeweiss, and this is the audio version of the one-page article I wrote and published on my blog, Kohas Ridim, on July 14th, 2022, entitled The Pros and Cons of a Postmodern Analysis of Halacha. I recently read Faith Shattered and Restored, Judaism in the Postmodern Age, 2017, by Rabbi Shagar. I found it to be exceedingly thought-provoking, if fundamentally objectionable. I agreed with many of Rabbi Shagar's particular insights, while disagreeing with his overall framework. If you're interested in my review of the book, let me know and I'll share it with you. One example of this is his approach to Tameh HaMitzvot, the reasons for the commandments. He writes, quote, The test of halacha is not its truth, but its ability to maintain the integrity of its character as a linguistic and practical system. This character is the core of halacha, whose scale of values and beliefs, which, which neither proves nor justifies it, is merely a byproduct of the nature of the halachic system. Thus, rather than justify or rationalize halakha, we must describe it phenomenologically. For instance, we should examine how the laws of family purity shape the relationship between husband and wife, instead of propounding justifications for them with facile pronouncements about how halakha exalts women or acknowledges the body or values emotion and so forth. Such apologetics emanate from a self-deceptive desire to beautify the halakhic world in the face of criticism from the world of Western cultural values. Instead, one should lay down the ethical and existential consequences of halakha. What sort of romance is shared by couples who lead such a lifestyle? How their passion manifests? And so on. End quote. I hold the study of Tami Amitos in high regard. Although I regularly engage in what Rabbi Shagar disparagingly refers to as self-deceptive apologetics, I also see the benefits of a phenomenological analysis of halakha. See, for instance, my article entitled The Non-Symbolic Trumpets, in which I cite the Sefer HaChinuch's phenomenological explanation of the reason for the mitzvah of sounding the trumpets at the time of Korbanos. He explains that A. Men needs help focusing, B. Korbanos require focus, and C. A loud trumpet sound helps man to focus on the korban. Likewise, in my shir entitled Kiddush, The Universe of Torah in a Glass of Wine, I discuss Rabbi Huda HaLevi's explanation of making brachos on food. Pausing and contemplating what you're about to eat results in greater enjoyment from the food. I appreciate how such analyses can be readily integrated into one's practice because they are rooted in our immediate experience. At the same time, I disagree with Rabbi Shagar's postmodernist foundation. In his preface to the book, Arya Rubin defines postmodernism as, quote, the denial and deconstruction that come from the erosion of belief in any grand narrative and in the ability to perceive the truth, end quote. This is why Rabbi Shagar is opposed to the traditional approaches to Tamiya Mitzvos. He would look at the Rabag's definition of Torah, a God-given regimen that brings those who practice it properly to true success, as being influenced by Rabag's immersion in the Greek world of Aristotelianism, dismissing it as an artificial grand narrative. Likewise, he would characterize Rav Hirsch's Torah im Derech Eretz paradigm as a 19th century German Jew's noble or ignoble efforts to integrate the values of Western culture into Judaism. He would chalk up the various Kabbalistic explanations of mitzvot as byproducts of this or that cultural or intellectual influence, and so on. I think that Rabbi Shagar's approach is self-defeating. He claims to reject the grand narratives and value systems that other thinkers employ in their analyses, yet somehow maintains that he is able to engage in an objective phenomenological description untethered to any particular value system. Is this possible? Can he really assess, quote, 
what sort of romance is shared by couples, end quote, who follow the laws of family purity without imposing some culturally biased view of romance? Romance in 21st century America differs from the romance of the Victorian era, which differs from the romance during the Persian Empire. Can he make statements about, quote, how their passion manifests, end quote, without subscribing to his own narratives about passion? Can he, quote, examine how the laws of family purity shape the relationship between husband and wife, end quote, without taking a stance on what relationship means and what constitutes shaping that relationship? One might respond to the above saying, ha, your objections reveal that you agree with his postmodern framework after all. Yes and no. I agree that our view of reality is influenced by our personal theoretical frameworks, but at least I'm not the one who is claiming to reject all grand narratives while insidiously framing everything in my own grand narrative. If you've gained from what you've learned here today, please consider contributing to my Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Rabbi Schneeweiss. Alternatively, if you would like to make a direct contribution to the Rabbi Schneeweiss Torah Content Fund, my Venmo is at matt-schneeweiss, and my Zelle slash Chase QuickPay and PayPal are mattschneeweiss at gmail.com. Even a small contribution goes a long way to covering the cost of my podcast and will provide me with the financial freedom to produce even more Torah content for you. If you would like to sponsor an article, share, or podcast episode, or if you are interested in enlisting my services as a teacher or tutor, you can reach me at rabbishnewas at gmail.com. Thank you to my listeners for listening. Thank you to my readers for reading. And thank you to my supporters for supporting my efforts to make Torah ideas available and accessible to everyone.